So Money Episode 120, Bill Rancic. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, and boy, do we have a cool guest today. Do you remember watching The Apprentice when it first aired? I'm not talking Celebrity Apprentice, uh, but you know the the very first Apprentice that that kicked off. I think it was. 10, 11 years ago, it was an epic debut. Uh, do you remember that first season? It was the one with Amarosa. Yeah. It was the number one new show of 2004, according to Wikipedia. And I'm excited to say that we have the winner of that first season joining us on So Money today, Bill Rancic, a former cigar business owner turned Donald Trump apprentice turned mega entrepreneur, is here to share some of his personal financial insights and ideas with us. And Bill is busier than ever. He is one of the most sought-after motivational speakers on the subject of entrepreneurship and business. He shares his entertaining lessons that vary from a pancake business. He started with his grandmother at age 10, all the way to his current multi-million dollar real estate enterprise in Chicago. He's also a restaurateur. He is also highly engaged in charitable activities, and uh, Bill is about to complete his second trip to Haiti, building homes for victims of the earthquake. So he is uh, very, very busy in doing all good things. A few takeaways from our time with Bill. The moment that he realized he had what it took to become an entrepreneur, and it was long before the Donald hired him. And speaking of, what's it like to work with Donald Trump? What's it you know, really like? And Bill's money mantra that he learned at a pretty young age growing up in the Midwest. Here is Bill Rancic. Bill Rancic, welcome to So Money. You're one of my favorite, favorite entrepreneurs out there. I've been wanting to have you on this show since I launched it in January. So this is like kind of a dream come true for me. So thanks for making it happen. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. And you may not remember, and I'm not going to hold you again. I'm not going to hold this against you if you don't recall, but... Back when you won The Apprentice years and years ago and you were promoting your first book, uh, you know, the book called You're Hired, mm-hmm. I was a little old producer at New York One News making $18 an hour, eating tuna <laughs> fish out of a can, booking a lot of interesting people on the show and you were – um, one of the most amazing guests I had on the show. And I think it was then that I kind of realized, okay, I need to up my game. I need to get hired. I want to hire myself. I want to work for myself. I want to leave this sort of, you know, crazy hamster wheel of a life in news and be entrepreneurial. So thank you for that. You don't remember me, but I remember you and you, you impacted a lot of people during that time when you won The Apprentice. And now years later, continuing to have a major impact on on everyone, what would you say was the greatest kind of unknown that came about from your experience working uh, with Donald Trump and winning The Apprentice? What was one thing that you didn't even expect would happen, but it did? Well, I mean, I, I think the whole thing was really an unknown when I reflect back on it. It's been 11 years, if you can believe it. And I had no idea what was in store for me. You know, I, I everything had happened so fast 
um, the show was such a hit. I mean, from the minute that first episode aired uh, in January of 04, uh, everything changed. And, you know, I just remember looking back and, and appreciating it and saying, wow, what an experience. You know, if it lasts for six months, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I, I remember it was the night before the finale. And I was out running in Central Park with my buddy that I grew up with. And I said, man, imagine if I could ride this thing off for six months. And that was, you know, over 11 years ago. So, you know, the moral of the story for me is that you have to be grateful. You have to appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I see some of these folks who are on these shows or, or winners of the, you know, like American Idol and some of these other shows. And then they go and, and they badmouth the show and they, they forget where they came from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I, I'm always grateful for Donald Trump and what he did in the show. And I'll never forget it, you know, because it changed my life. It gave me an opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, I got to learn so much. Um, for me, it was a, a getting like getting your Ph.D. and then some, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, so quickly. You know, I was thrust into this different world that I never would have had access to. You know, for, for me as a small business owner, to be able to learn and work with with one of the great entrepreneurs of our generation uh, was something that was spectacular. You know, it'll, it'll be one of the great highlights of my life. Not everyone has the opportunity to be on national television and compete for a, the position of apprentice for one of the most recognized billionaires of our time. Uh, but you're helping people out in the in the best way you can now with um, with a competition, a little competition, get helping one lucky entrepreneur, small business owner land a spot during the Super Bowl 2016. It's one of the most coveted advertising spots uh, there is. And so tell us a little bit about QuickBooks Small Business Big Game. Well, you know, QuickBooks uh, is a company that I've been working with for the last three or four years now. And what I love is that they are real champions of small business. They value what the small business owner brings to the table. They realize how important they are for our economy. And we're launching this competition called Small Business Big Game to shine a light on the importance of the small business owner. So uh, QuickBooks is going to give one small business owner a fully paid, fully produced commercial that's going to run during the biggest football game of the year. And, you know, when you, th- you look back on those commercials that run during that game, so many businesses have uh, attributed life-changing moments to that. And, and I'll, I'll go back to Apple. Um, Apple was not doing well. They hired Ridley Scott. They, they gambled everything and had Ridley Scott produce a commercial. And if you look back on, on the old interview Steve Jobs gave, he attributed so much of the success that Apple's had to that one commercial that they had running during that game. Um, so we're pretty excited that we're going to be traveling around the country. We're going to be looking for small businesses, but we're also going to be doing so much more over the next year. We're going to be giving small business makeovers. We're going to be helping small businesses have access to capital. Intuit's committing $100 million to a fund to help small business owners get loans. And these are small businesses that ordinarily wouldn't have a chance to get a loan. And they're going to make sure that you know they can give these small businesses a, a, a chance that really – have a level playing field and, and compete. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, they're great partners and we're, we're going to make, uh, you know, some pretty cool things happen for a lot of small businesses over the next, you know, 10 months. You can't be too small if you're going to get a spot during the Super Bowl, though, right? Because you have to anticipate people will be wanting your product. You need to be ready for that. Uh, that's probably one of the ingredients you're looking well, for, right? 
Well, you know, it's funny because we certainly don't want to set anyone up to fail. And I think that's the great thing that we're going to do. The folks at Intuit are going to help align them with the right people to make sure that, that they have success. So we're going to give these small businesses the right tools so they can prepare for this onslaught of business because let's face it, it could hurt people if it's not done right. So um, we did this two years ago and we had one small business who got that commercial and it was called Goldie Blocks and her business has skyrocketed since then. But we made sure that she was armed with the right tools and we prepared her for success. And, um, you know, she had a float in the Macy's Day Parade. She, I mean, I can go on and on with all wow. of her successes. She's gotten her products in, in major retail stores as a result of that exposure. And we're hoping we're going to be even bigger and better this year with Small Business Big Game Part 2. Well, good luck with that. I'd love to transition now and learn more about your journey starting as early on as childhood. I mean, little Bill Rancic, you grew up in the Midwest, right? I did, yeah, Chicago. What was your number one money memory? I know you, you talk in your bio about having started businesses at a young age, one with like your grandmother. And so what would you say was a very pivotal financial experience for you growing up as a kid? Well, I think one of the defining moments for me was when I was in college. And me and my buddy Jerry started a, a small business. It was We were washing and waxing boats in the summers in a town called New Buffalo, Michigan. Now, we didn't make a lot of money doing it. But what it did for me was it changed my perspective on entrepreneurs. You see, I grew up and my parents were educators. So the people that they surrounded themselves around were other educators. So as a kid, the only adults I really had any contact with were teachers and principals and, and superintendents of schools, things like that. I started that boat business and I met all these wealthy business owners and I took care of their boats and they trusted me and my buddy to, to take care of their you know, three, four, five million dollar boats. And I got to know them and I got to meet them. And I realized, wait a minute, they're no different than me. If this guy can do it, I can do it. I learned about work ethic and sacrifice and passion. And after those summers washing and waxing boats, I defined, I started to say, why not me? You know, and that was kind of my mantra. Why not me? So then when I got out of college and, and, um, I decided to start my own business. I had the confidence to go out and do it. You had a cigar mail order business, right? That I was did. it turned into super success. I mean, you have to have work ethic, you have to have passion, but you also have to know the market. What made you know that that was going to be a, a slam dunk? Well, you didn't. You know, I don't think you ever do. But there were a lot of leading indicators. You know, they uh, we had just seen the. The inception of this magazine. It was a big cigar magazine, and you had Demi Moore on the cover smoking a cigar, and all these celebrities were starting to come out, and it just became the in vogue thing to do. And we had started it, and um, you know, had some success. Didn't get super rich from it, uh, but then I started to get into real estate after that, and had a lot of failures in the real estate market. You know, I didn't didn't really know what I was doing, uh, but I learned from the mistakes. And that was when I got the call to be uh, to go in and meet about the show with Trump. And I thought, wow, I really want to get into real estate. I was, you know, falling in love with the business. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to learn from one of the great real estate developers of our time. I have interviewed Rebecca Jarvis on this show, correspondent for ABC News, yeah. second season of Apprentice. She was a she was runner up. Runner up. I was, yeah, I was, a, I was a judge that season. Okay, so to hear her talk about the process of first just even applying and going through the process of getting selected, and can you share a little bit about the behind the scenes with us, especially since this was the first season? Yeah. Um, did you go into this kind of 
really wanting it or did you just kind of go into it going, oh, I don't know, there's a line, so I'll get in it? <laughs> well, it, it was kind of, it was unusual for me because I, I got a call from uh, this friend of mine, this girl I went to college with. Her mom was a talent agent in Chicago. And she had gotten some facts that had come across her desk and, and they were looking for a young fax. entrepreneurs. This is back, you know, in 02, I guess, yeah. right? And she said, I made you an appointment to go meet with these people. You better be there. And I went there and, and they started explaining the concept of The Apprentice. And they had 215,000 applicants that first year. Wow. And, and then they narrowed it down to 50 and they flew the final 50 to L.A. And they put us through a battery of testing. And then I got called into a room and, and I got offered a, a spot to compete on the first season. And everything was so new. See, Rebecca had seen the first season. So the mystery wasn't quite uh, as big as it was for us. You know, um, we didn't know what the next day was going to hold, like because we'd never seen the show before. You know, it was it was all brand new. Reality TV was so new. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Survivor and then and then The Apprentice. That was pretty much it. Um, so this was really the, the infancy of reality television, you know, in 03 when we filmed it. So it was, a, everything was very, very much a mystery, very much a surprise. We didn't know what the next day was going to have in store for us. And, um, you know, it was a hell of an adventure. I can tell you that. And I would only imagine that when you win that show, there's an, a tremendous amount of pressure to succeed, to be successful. All eyes are on you. You have been appointed the apprentice. Did you ever have a huge public failure or any sort of failure that while it did happen and it was, uh, you know, it was a tough time, you actually were thankful that it happened? Well, you know, I was so damn busy, you know, like I didn't have time to get into trouble. And I think I was a little bit older, you know, I think I was, what, 32 at the time. Um, so, you know, fortunately I had, uh, I wasn't a 23 year old, you know, coming into this or 20, like I wasn't so young. I, I'd kind of, uh, you know, I'd lived a little bit. So um, for me, I didn't want to blow it. You know, I didn't want to blow this opportunity. I'd seen, you know, a lot of athletes and, and people who, who've, you know, let things go to their head. I, I kept things very real. Um, I tried to stay very humble and I tried to use it as an opportunity to learn as much as I could, you know, which, uh, for me, I, I certainly, you know, was able to take advantage of that and, and, and use the opportunity wisely, you know, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, you talked earlier about how you had this entrepreneurial philosophy, which is, you know, why not me? So let's go mm -hmm. do it. If you were to maybe, describe a money mantra or a financial philosophy that has guided you through your choices as an entrepreneur, but also as an individual, what would you say that is? Well, it was advice my dad uh, started giving me ever since I was a little kid. It's not how much money you make, it's how much money you save. And when I was young, my dad made me read the book, The Millionaire Next Door. Uh, I think it's by Professor William Danko. And it basically taught me the importance of being smart with my money. You don't have to make a million dollars to become a millionaire. Um, you know, don't buy, you know, I've taught you how to spend your money wisely and, and how to let your money work for you. So uh, my dad made me read that. You know, my dad was a very smart man. He, he had his PhD and he was a superintendent of schools and then a professor. Um, and he gave me just great wisdom. You know, he was someone who was very smart with his money. He, you know, made sure that we didn't want for anything. And, and my dad never made a you know, ton of money. We weren't poor, but we weren't rich. But boy, he made sure that we, we were all well taken care of. And, um, you know, he was a great man. And certainly miss him today. I wish he was around us to see all this success because 
he would have been so proud. Truly. What a gift. What a gift. You've accomplished so much, Bill. You know, you said, uh, you know, you were 32 and you won The Apprentice, but you've gone on now to write more books, do a lot in real estate. You're on television. You're, um, you're very charitable. You're a dad. You're a husband. What would you say is your so money moment? Like if you had to distill this and just say, you know, here's like one moment that really captures my proudest financial achievement. What is it? What, what, what happened? Where were you? You know, I think it was when I was younger, uh, I started to make a little bit of money and I, I surprised my dad and I took him to Vail skiing. And it was like, I finally was able to take, you know, to show my dad that, Hey, I, I, I'd done it, you know? And, and I took him on this great trip and we spent four or five days on a, on a ski on a, just a guy's ski weekend. And I could tell he was so proud of me because I, you know, I paid for everything. I, I made sure you know, we, we had, you know, just a great time. And, and for me, that was something that I'll never forget. There's something about being able to treat your parents. It's absolutely priceless. And I know I hear from a lot of successful people that that is something that um, they want to do immediately. Like I asked this question at the end of the show, if you want a hundred million dollars, what's the first thing you would do? Lots of people say, I buy my parents a house, right? Yeah. Take care of their finances. That's really great. Yeah. And I try to do that. You know, my mom's a widow. My, my dad passed away in 99. And, you know, I, I, I certainly uh, I try to take good care of her. I mean, uh, I'll be at her house on Wednesday cleaning out her garage. So it's not, it's not so <laughs> You're much a good money, son. It's about the time. You know, she wants me there. I'm her I'm her, uh, you know, her, her helper. Her, exactly. Uh, no, time. Her. Time is sometimes far more valuable than anything else. How about habits, Bill? What's a, a big financial habit that you uh, that you practice that is conscious? It may not be every day, but it's an important part of your financial health. Well, you know, I think, you know, obviously, I, I'm pretty on top of it. I try to be. I try to talk to as many people as I can and get different people's opinions on whether it's investments, on, on the market, on, on what's happening in the world, because, you know, it's... It's hard to, you know, try to take it all in and make sure that you're getting good guidance. So, you know, you always want to have checks and balances in place and and just, you know, trust but verify, you know, and make sure that um, that you're doing everything that you should be doing and and that you surround yourself around good people. You know, you see a lot of these professional athletes and they're all broke because they've surrounded themselves around people who are giving them bad guidance, putting them in bad investments. And you know, I always tell my wife, like, I don't ever want to be an athlete, you know, <laughs> um, you know, we're in a very unique business and, and, um, you know, we want to just make sure that we, when it's over and this Hollywood, the show business, it ends, you know, I know that <laughs> it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, and you got to be prepared for when, when things slow down and when, you know, the phones aren't ringing off the hook, you know, for opportunities. So, um, that's something that we've, we've always, you know, tried to prepare ourselves for as best we can. Mm-hmm. It seems like such a missed opportunity to really go in and help these athletes who make so much money in such a, at a, such a young age, at such an impressionable yeah. age. Uh, is it just that they're getting too much too, too fast and they're also living in a, you know, in an environment where it's all about excess and shiny objects or, or what? Like, because yeah. it's so repetitive, you know, it just happens all the time, it seems. I mean, I, you know, if you were, and who knows, but if, if I was 21, 20 and someone gave me $10 million, who knows how I would have reacted back then. You know what I mean? Like for me, you know, it, I've been, it's, it's slow and steady. You know, I've never had that kind of fortune where someone just plunked a bag of money in, in my lap. 
Um, but I think, you know, whether it's the NFL or the NBA, they should have some mandated program where here's a pool of 100 financial advisors that we've vetted and that are, you know, have our stamp of approval. And this is who you need to use for your investments, your guidance. They're going to they're going to put you in things that aren't risky, you know, that you're not going to be buying, you know, these crazy speculative investments that who knows what's going to happen. All right, Bill, we are almost wrapped here. Are you ready for some so money fill in the blanks? Sure. <laughs> it's silly, but not because you know what? It allows you to sort of speak stream of stream of consciously. Um, if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million dollars, I would. If I won the lottery tomorrow, what not would that I you do? play the lottery, but let's say you just a big, you know, sack of money just fell from the sky. I would. God, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, my initial reaction is, you know, I'd want to make sure that I was a. Uh, a good steward with the gifts I've been given, you know, use my, use my powers for good and not evil. All right. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Take a time, take a moment to think about what you actually want to do with it to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better. I had Tony Robbins tell me that it was private jets. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss told me it was outsourcing his laundry. <laughs> so it's a, it's a wide spectrum of, of, of possibilities here. What's one thing that you spend your money on that makes your life easier or better? Um, one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better. Uh, I valet park my car now. All right. <laughs> saves so, you time. It saves me a lot of time. I can just dump my car off and call and, and, and I used to self-park and now I, I pay the extra money and I have them valet it for me. And you don't have to find spend all that time looking for it when, you, yep. <laughs> when you're back. I'm pretty, I'm pretty frugal. Are I mean, you? Yeah. I wish I was like Tony Robbins flying private. That would be damn nice. Yeah. Well, would you say that part of it has – you? it's helpful that you live in Chicago and not L.A.? Yeah, well, we live in LA part of the time, mm-hmm. so you know that's you, you definitely see that world. But um, you know, eventually, we're going to live in Chicago full time, and, and that's where we're going to raise our son. That's great. Okay, this is a sort of a, a sidebar to the last question. But do you have any guilty pleasures? If you, what is my your biggest guilty pleasure that you spend a lot of money on? I know you're frugal. You just came off of telling me you're frugal. But if there is one big, uh, area. I buy I drink good wine. All right. Actually, I went to your uh, restaurant in Chicago. I forgot to tell you. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of... RPM steak or RPM Italian? Because we have two of them there. I think it was RPM Italian. I'm not from Chicago. I was sort of... I was there on business and they organized it. And I just remember it was... First of all, it was so hopping. And it was like a Wednesday night. I thought, wow, if this is Wednesday night, what does Friday or Saturday night look like? We are very blessed that we have a, a brisk business. I mean... Someone once joked that Monday is the new Friday at our restaurants because even on a Monday, it's just it's just packed. So we're very fortunate that, uh, you know, that people still love it. And we're opening up our third restaurant this summer in Washington, D.C. So, um, well, congratulations. Well, I know maybe, restaurants are a tough business. Yeah, we've we've been very lucky. So we're, we're grateful. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is. One thing I wish I would have learned about money growing up um, that you have to respect it and you have to appreciate it and you have to be smart with it. Mm-hmm. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because I like to give to organizations that help kids because I really believe that, 
you know, they're the underdogs that they, they are our future and that they are the ones who need a level playing field because many of them, uh, they've been born into a situation that isn't fair. So I always try to do things for kids. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Just give them a chance sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I'm Bill Rancic and I'm so money because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill Rancic and I'm so money because I think I'm a, a great father. I'm a very hands-on dad. Uh, I am there every step of the way for my kid. And, and I, I think that's my most important job of my life. Well, he's a lucky son, and we're lucky to have you on this show. Tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and also get in on this contest. If you're a small business owner, you want in on this contest. Well, we, we are encouraging small business owners to go to uh, join, small, join teamsmallbiz.com, and we are going to give one lucky small business owner uh, an opportunity of a lifetime. But we're also going to be doing some other great things along the way. We're going to be creating a environment for small business owners to communicate. We've got $100 million in a, in a fund that QuickBooks is going to be providing loans to small businesses and certainly going to be doing business makeovers and other very exciting things that we hope uh, every small business owner takes part in. Awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of QuickBooks, a big fan of Intuit. And really, it's an honor to have you on the show, Bill. We'll, oh, well, we will be it, following you. It sounds like you've come a long way since uh, <laughs> those early days 11 years ago. It started with my interview with Bill Rancic 11 years ago at <laughs> no. New York One. Thank you so I, much, Bill. And I we wishing you continued it. success. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Bill, just hop onto his website, BillRancic.com, and they've got all of the links and the transcript from this interview at SoMoneyPodcast.com. And there, of course, you can also ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh and Ask Away. Every weekend, I dedicate the show to answering your questions about money, work, life, uh, you name it. And if you'd like a one-on-one with me, every Saturday, I select one new iTunes reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. So if you'd like that, hop on iTunes, leave a review, and hopefully we will connect. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. What a great show. Bill Rancic. Lots more this week coming at you. Hope to see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.